Hello and welcome to the Open Doors podcast. Uh, this is an interview version. Today we're going to be talking with Lauren Burdett. She is a spiritual director, a mom, and um, also an author. I invite you to listen in to this great conversation on the practice of listening. Right. Well, today we have Lauren Burdett, who many of you know and has been um, connected with the Open Door. I was going to say a covenant partner, but technically not, technically not because yeah. Lauren is uh, grew up Catholic and remains um, a, a Catholic participant at the Open Door and is married to a Presbyterian. <laughs> um and Open Door has been a church home, though, for her for many years and has been a good friend for many years with many of us um, in our church. Um, Lauren is a spiritual director, and um, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to have her today to talk with us about the practice of listening. So we're entering into this um, sermon series and podcast series on the five practices that have helped define this little church called the Open Door that many of us are a part of. Um, the five practices are listen, learn, eat, encourage, and give. And um, we have, over the years, kind of defined those practices and figured out what does it look like uh, for us to, to live into them in, in different seasons of our lives and different seasons of our church life together and we're in a new season now and um, and kind of rethinking, reimagining um, what it is to practice our faith together and as individuals and as families, but to center our, our, our spiritual practices around those five, eating together, um, encouraging one another, giving of ourselves, learning, what does that look like? And today we'll talk about listening. So Lauren, would you uh, say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to? Sure. Hi, it's good to be here. Um, it's fun to be recording with you, John. Um, yeah, as John said, I am a spiritual director. It is very likely that we have met if you are listening to this. I have been a part of the Open Door since it started as an evening service. Um, it started at Belfield my senior year of college when Nick, my husband, and I were still um, deep into figuring out what this ecumenical relationship could look like. And it's been a very healing place for us. Um, and I found my call to spiritual direction through, it, through this community. Um, when we, I lived in England for a couple of years and I met a spiritual director there and it was the first time she was a young woman and it was the first time I'd heard that phrase and it sounded so grown up and mysterious. And I thought, how did she become, what is that a spiritual director? And I moved back and Stephanie Bell, who we were friends with before we moved and, and we're still in touch with was in training to become one and learned more about it from her. At that point in time, I'd never spiritual direction is much more common now. It is much more mm. typical that people have heard of it and know what it is. At that point, it was um, it was mysterious and unknown. And for me, 
as I discerned my call into it, I came to spiritual direction from, I studied industrial engineering in college and worked as a management consultant. And one of my greatest practices of listening has been learning how to listen to my own life and letting letting myself veer off of the path that I thought I would be on many times mm. over. Um, and that, gosh, aren't we all off of the path that yeah. we thought we would be on right now? And for me in this season, what my life looks like now is I am home with my three kids. They are virtual learning. Um, we actually just found out that they're going to be moving to a hybrid model in two weeks, which is shocking and exciting and scary. Mm. And will mean I have a couple hours to myself for the first time in a year. Um, I, so I'm with my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. I meet with directees. I have a, you know, my work is listening and I meet with directees in the evenings and weekends, whenever I can squeeze people in and I'm a writer and I, struggle to find time for that but i really like listening through the written word as well so. yeah that's great yeah spiritual direction um was similar to me like except it lasted a lot longer that it was a mysterious thing yeah. I, I um as one of the two pastors at open door you know i was very focused in on creating the farm and mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, BJ was moving really toward contemplative spirituality and mm-hmm. spiritual direction work. And, um, we were on these like parallel intersecting paths, but spiritual, having a spiritual de- director, I didn't even have one for a long time. And it's been, um, just the past couple years that I've actually had a spiritual director and, mm-hmm. um, it has been really great. So I wonder, can you like what's the difference between a a therapist, a mm. coach and a spiritual director? Yeah. And maybe there are more things you can compare them <laughs> to and say this is how they're similar and how they're not. That's a, that is a really good question. I would also probably add to that list chaplain because uh-huh. that's another one that we often uh, it, that we overlap with. Um so a spiritual director is ha- works with similar material to a counselor to a life coach to a chaplain, the spiritual director works with the content of your life, but the goal is different. The only goal in spiritual direction is to help you, is to create space for the directee to deepen their relationship with God. That's a really broad statement. (laughs) And that can mean and can look like all different kinds of things. And so a coach is much more, you're going to work on specific goals with a coach and you can have a coach for your spiritual growth um, Mm -hmm. and have specific goals that you're working towards. You will talk about similar things that you would talk about with your therapist, but instead of focusing on mental health or strategies for healing, it's always eventually coming back to, to that relationship with God and the idea that that it is a relationship and that God is communicating to us in every aspect of our lives, that it all matters. You know, that's not just what happens in formal prayer that that matters in the spiritual life, that it's every aspect. Um, So it's slow work. It's a meet with directees monthly. Um, It's open work. You know, I might suggest a prayer practice or a listening practice, but we may never come back to that. And then I would say it's similar to chaplaincy in that it's kind of listening and relational based, but chaplains are 
are usually, it's usually a quicker relationship and chaplains cover a much broader range of relationship as well. Like they're much more likely to, to offer formal prayer, to offer a sacrament, to engage in mediation with family. Um, spiritual direction is a, it's both an open thing in terms of the goal is so open, but it's also very, very structured mm-hmm. and closed. But I am curious, John, can I ask what's mm-hmm. been good about having one? Like, what has that been like for you? Yeah, it's been uh, really great to be able to share what's going on in life and and have somebody kind of point out areas where maybe God has been at work that I haven't seen myself and just been able to um, to feel really blessed by that, to, to have somebody speak into that story. Like I'm telling a story and then someone else... Uh, narrate almost like narrate a little bit of it and say well did you did you what did you experience here and did you what did you sense there and realize oh yeah I I I sensed God's presence in this or so yeah it's been really great um to have that voice um help tell the story of God's work in my life um Mm. you know sometimes that can be really hard to to recognize how how god is at work when especially when things are hard mm-hmm. um so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like that language helping you narrate mm. your life and helping helping to see more of it and i think i think you're right it, it's hard to see for ourselves and and we do also often miss or rush past the blessings you know mm-hmm. the good stuff and and we know that we're we're wired for that. We're wired to miss the good stuff and ingrain, ingrain and hold on to the bad. And so we need help slowing down and letting letting the good sink in, letting mm-hmm. the places that that we know God is present mm-hmm. come more fully alive. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I mean we're thinking about this the practice of listening, mm-hmm. especially um, listening for the Holy Spirit, listening for God. And yet the whole idea of listening is really metaphorical, at least for me. Mm. (laughs) Like I've never heard the audible voice of God in my prayer. Right. Um, so like for, for those of us who are more beginners at doing prayer in a way that is, um, not just us saying things to God and, or, mm-hmm. you know, hoping that God will answer prayers, but trying to listen to God. What is that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, why do we even use the word listen? We're not really mm-hmm. using our ears. Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Why do we use the <laughs> word listen? Um, hmm. I think we use the word listen because that's the posture Mm -hmm. and it we link listening to relationships when we say when we say i'm listening to you we actually don't just mean our ears you know like Mm -hmm. i'm listening to you right now but i i'm seeing you i'm watching your body language i am if we were in the same room i would be noticing um your posture your energy um so we're actually even when we're listening to another person, we're taking in information at all kinds of levels. And we're taking it in, in the sense of a relationship and caring. I'm listening because I care. I, and, um, and so 
I think when I say let's listen for God, I'm bringing that, that whole sense of reverence into it, but you're absolutely right. Listening um, is not just, is not even first or primarily for God's voice, you know, quote, quote unquote, for like the, right. the bolt of lightning. Um, it's, yeah. So I, I like that question of, of where to start and what are we listening for? And I really love the concept of interior hospitality. I love the concept of creating space within myself to receive someone in their story. And that to me links well with good listening. Um, if I am listening well, I have, I have space to, to welcome you. I have space to welcome you and to honor you in your story. And I, I think listening to God is, I find that phrase helpful in my prayer as well. Like, how can I create interior hospitality to God? And that, like, stop right there. Don't assume yeah. that you can. You know, don't assume that God is a safe entity that mm. that you want to let in because it could be that that right there is like, oh, I, I don't, uh-uh. <laughs> well, that then that's the place that you begin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, then the other thing that I would say is that we, you know, we've talked at Open Door about all the places and ways that God speaks. And we talk about God, you know, the gospel of creation and the gospel of the world and the gospel of other people and how Christ is in others and um, as well as in the word. And I, I take that really seriously. Um, I really believe that that our world is overdetermined with God's presence. I really believe that there's nowhere that God isn't. Mm -hmm. And so if I, if I really believe that, how am I working on being receptive to hearing and receiving Mm -hmm. that? And when I say hearing, I mean, I I might mean feeling on my skin. Mm -hmm. It might mean goosebumps. It might mean heaviness. It might be an audible word from someone else. It might be, um, it's often physical, um, or it might be an image. It might be an image that you receive. Um, yeah, I feel like I was just all over the place instead of that. You're explaining that the idea of the interior hospitality, which I really love that, that um, the practice of listening is creating that space, that that spiritual space to be able to in some way experience God. And it can be mm-hmm. in so many different ways and take on so many different forms and experiences. Um but to create that space within ourselves to to have some sort of an experience of God. Um, so what might that look like at, in, in, for you um, or for people who you do spiritual direction with? Mm. Um, what are some examples of creating that interior space? Mm. Or even some of the practices. I, here, I'll, yeah. I'll say before... The whole thing with the practices, one of my problems with our five practices is that they're not specific, mm-hmm. which is actually a good thing, but it's also needs to be like, we don't just say we listen and period, that's it. And mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of work to figure out what that means. So the practices really hang on that mm-hmm. idea of listening. So what are some of the actual practices mm-hmm. that help us mm-hmm. create inner hospitality? 
Yeah. Um, mm, that is a good question. First, I want to flesh out a little more the idea of inner hospitality and listening mm-hmm. to say that what it does not mean is, is disappearing yourself. That listening is not creating a blank canvas to receive someone else's story. And so listening to God is not making yourself disappear to receive God's presence. You know, in, in the same way you just you stated back to me what I had said. I see you nodding at me. Um, you're you're providing feedback and and that is helpful. That is a way of listening. And for me, I had to really learn that because I believed that good listening was was that, was creating a blank space, a blank canvas to receive anything somebody wanted to give me. And it took me a long time to learn and realize that it's going to touch things in my own story. It's going to touch things in my own life. When I hear someone else, when I hear God, and and that's that's okay and that matters. And so that listening is maybe what I want to say is that listening and interior hospitality don't happen in a vacuum. They happen within a communicating relationship mm-hmm. and within a cycle of giving back and, mm-hmm. and replying back. Um, mm-hmm. So with interior hospitality, I, um, I often encourage people to visualize a space within them. Um, if you are a visual person mm-hmm. to visualize like what that safe space might look like. And to think about first, where are places in your life that you have felt whole, that you have felt that you belonged, that you felt at peace um, and bring elements of that into, into your space. Um, my former spiritual director loved the ocean and she would often just imagine herself at the beach. I know someone who um, imagines themselves in a cave and finds mm-hmm. that enclosed space really comforting. I, um, my, my space tends to look like sitting by a campfire. Hmm. I, I just, I find the dance of the flames really, um, inviting and, mm-hmm. and, and centering. And so let yourself imagine, um, what that space might look like, what it might feel like, what does it feel like in you? Where is it in your body? I, I know I'm a heart centered person. So for me, it's in my chest. That's where, that's, that's where my hospitality lies, but it might be, it might be where you need to open spaces is, is in your head, you know, mm. is up here. It might be in your gut, or it might be like a full, it might be outside of you, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you're creating space in front of you. Um, does it feel warm? Does it feel open? Does it feel constricting? Um, and so, so that start there and then And then what would it be like to invite God in? How would you do that? Mm. What do you mean when you say God? Is it Jesus? Is it a person? Is it, is it the Holy Spirit as a wind, as a flame, as a dove? Is is it God, the father? Is it God, the mother? Is it, do you say that and realize you don't want anyone to come in? Mm. Is it God within a person you've met? You know, like there's, there's lots of there's lots of possibilities um, to begin to create a space of a safe space of listening within yourself for God's mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, that's deeply beautiful, um, mm-hmm. and and it makes me think of 
this the whole the whole idea of it the whole practice of listening is as deeply imaginative that mm-hmm. i don't know i i that's a new a fairly new thing for me to think of prayer as imaginative but mm-hmm. this this form of prayer that you're talking about is deeply uses our imagination to create that that hospitality and that space for god to enter Hmm. So we, we, we came up with these practices years ago and you, mm-hmm. so you, and you've been a spiritual director now for how many years? Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. And <clears throat> Open Door Church began 16 or 17 years ago. And a couple years into that is when we, we thought um, that mm-hmm. practicing our faith together was was how we would define ourselves as a church. These are the ways that we live, live out being a church together is through these practices. So can you remember early on, did you, did you help us define those practices? Um, were you in on that? Or did you live in England at that time? Was that when you were yeah, in Great Britain? We were, we were here for the start of it, but not the finalizing of it. Mm. So like we were here when, um, the guys from Australia came and yeah. heard about their practices. Right. And yeah. That yeah. kind of exciting sense of we should do this. Michael um, Frost and Alan Hirsch. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Deeply um, formative years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I remember of listening from that time is that it felt it felt radical and refreshing Hmm. to me to be in a church setting that said, we are going to prioritize listening. Um, I think I've, um, I have always had a strong, just gut reaction, negative reaction to the phrase evangelical to the word evangelical and um, listening to me at that point in time, like what I took, even evangelizing to mean would have been the opposite of, of listening, mm-hmm. you know, cause it would have been putting out, putting out, putting out, putting out and listening is drawing back and taking in. And, mm-hmm. and that was very, very exciting and very attractive to me at the time. And now I would say, well, of course it was, um, that's what I was made for. Um, and, and I think it's what we're all made for to some degree. You know, I think, I think healthy communication is, is important for all of us now. So it felt radical then now it feels necessary now in our disintegrating time in our apocalyptic time, but I mean mm-hmm. the veil being drawn time it's, it is essential. It's not, um, At that time, you could just be putting out and get by. And I don't think we can do that anymore. You know, we just, we just can't. And I am glad, I'm glad that in the community that we, in our community, we've been listening for a long time. And, and I hope that that gives us the muscles and the strength, you know, this isn't new to us, Mm -hmm. the, the idea of listening. Um, I hope that 
flexing that muscle of listening will help us in this time when we are learning more and more how important it is to listen to the voices that are hard to listen to Mm -hmm. voices that that are hard to even get access to you know when we know we need to listen to those who aren't like us and particularly in this time when we're stuck in our homes um that is a real question I have in these days is how, how to practice listening to those whose voices need to be heard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think when we came up with the practice of listening, it really represented prayer and mm-hmm. centering prayer. And mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of what we're talking about, but you've kind of uh, alluded to the fact and described a bit that, that it, it carries over into our relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, as a spiritual director, that's what you do mm-hmm. is you, you listen to others and um, you're, you're really good at that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, you, you have listened to me over the years and I know that so many others have been blessed by your ability to hear them um, with, hear them with, with honesty and without judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the practice of listening, it's funny, it it almost can take on the, the practice of evangelism <laughs> mm-hmm. because I think that's what God desires. Uh, God desires to listen to us, right? Yeah. As much yeah. as, as we desire to, to hear something, to experience something of God is that, I think oftentimes our, our listening is a recognition that God is listening and that's, that's yeah. enough, right? Like I don't hear mm-hmm. the voice of God, but I, re- I realize that, Oh, I've been, I have been heard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, even in my listening, <laughs> I've, I've been heard. Yeah. But yeah, you, you carry that into then your relationships through spiritual direction and, and friendship. I am noticing that I want to circle back for a minute to mm-hmm. what you said about describing an imaginative way of listening mm. and that kind of being a different form. And then you mentioned centering prayer and um, I, and I guess I just want to say that centering prayer is also a great way to practice listening for God's Mm -hmm. voice and that silence, just the practice of silence can also be a really good, good place and, and way to start. Um, But I think it's important to, to give yourself permission to find the ways that work for you and to let those change. Um, There's, I don't know, like if you do any reading about of spirituality, everyone thinks that they have the answer and have, have, have found the way to do it. And I just, I don't think that God works like that. I don't think that God limits God's self in that way. And I think imagination is a wonderful, a wonderful gift and tool. And I think if that is inaccessible to you and that makes you angry and that makes you uncomfortable, then silence is a wonderful tool. Mm. And if that is uncomfortable, then maybe chanting the Psalms, Mm. that's also a wonderful tool. There's so many ways. Um, and, And it's not that we shouldn't try hard things, but it's okay if something doesn't feel natural. You know, if you feel like you're beating your head against a brick wall to practice listening the way you think it's supposed to be, 
let it go, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let it go Mm -hmm. for now and try something else. Um, So relationships and you said listening is a form, you know, might be, might be the, one of the most evangelical things we can do. And I certainly think listening is one of the most Christ-like things mm-hmm. that we can do. I think that Jesus listened deeply and beautifully and honestly and um, stayed in uncomfortable relationship and said uncomfortable things in response. And I think that taking taking seriously that anyone you meet is has had their own experience of God and has something to share with you of who God is and so what a privilege it is if you can get them to share that with you hmm. or if you even just get to see it in them um, and that that is a very um, humble, I think, approach to the world and exciting and open. And I really, I think it can help us in this time. And it is, I will be honest with you, it is uncomfortable. There are people that it's uncomfortable to picture that they also can teach me something about God. Hmm. And that's true for all of us. We all have people who, oh yeah, that person, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll have something to share, but not that person, (laughs) Um, not the fill in the blanks, not, you know, Mm. and ah, (laughs) God's bigger, God is bigger Mm. than that. And so can I listen and know that I have stuff to share too, you know, Mm -hmm. which is back to that blank slate, but um, in relationship and listening, it's not just, not just receiving. Mm And Hmm. I think our practices of practicing, listening to God, having some form of prayer practice that helps you create intentional space for God, then helps that to spill over into the rest of your life, helps Mm -hmm. to make the rest of your life a listening ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I have sensed that also that our listening practice with God is what allows us to be good listeners with others. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I have a, um, a couple different relationships that um, are with people who I know they have no, they have very few people to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just being there and listening to them, I, I've recognized that um, there's almost a shock from them that, Uh, you know, after a while. And these are one person I'm thinking of is an elderly neighbor um, who, for good reason, people um, (laughs) would rather not be around them and listen to them. And I, I have been in that category uh, in the past over Mm -hmm. the years. Um, And it's been almost a discipline to like show up with this person and, um, uh, mm-hmm. not let them suck energy from me, which is a possibility, but to still be there and, and listen and, um, um, you know, be, be a presence in their life. Uh, mm-hmm. but that has been, that has been a practice in itself. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And as you were saying that, it made me think, yeah, um, boundaries are very important. Mm. That, That good listening does not mean just being open to anyone at any time hmm. for whatever they want. Yeah. Um, in spiritual direction, we talk about three-way listening and that we're listening for um, what is happening in the other's life, what that is, um, where you are hearing God, and then what is, that is stirring up in you and that those all matter. And so listening to yourself is also really important mm-hmm. and listening to yourself might mean setting some good, strong boundaries and that there are people, maybe there's people you don't listen to, or there's people you listen to, but once a month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and to not worry, like both, I think we're called to listen, but also it's okay. You know, God, like you're not going to miss out and God doesn't, God is not fully dependent on you. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. Hmm. Right. I like that you brought up we're listening to God. We're listening to ourselves, um, listening to others. Um, I, I think oftentimes we experience listening to God and listening to ourselves in some ways simultaneously. Is that, mm. have you found that mm. to be true? Like, not that mm. we are, we are God, but that God is really intertwined with, with the human soul, right? Yes. 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 And, and we're not God and we are God, you know, we're we're not and we are, and we are on our way to becoming. And, um, and so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not separate. It's they're not separate practices. And mm-hmm. you won't know what in you is of God until until you listen to it and take it seriously mm-hmm. and welcome it. And then then in that listening, then we'll start to realize, oh, this piece. Um <laughs> I'm laughing. Here's a silly example from my life. I have never wanted a dog ever. <laughs> until this week and this week I have decided that I need a dog that that is what's going to make my time at home with my kids livable that makes me really happy (laughs) (laughs) oh I'll tell Nick because (laughs) I am the only person in my family who feels this way and I don't like I'm thinking about it all the time I'm like I'm googling I'm looking where I can get a dog what do I need to buy am I ready like all the things it's all I can think about And I know, I know that that is, that the way it's taking up all of my internal space, I know that that's an escape in some way. I know (laughs) I'm trying to manage my anxiety in some way, but Mm -hmm. I can't just make it go away. I can't Mm -hmm. just say like, that's just your anxiety. And it could be that somewhere in there, somewhere in there, God does, is saying something to me and I don't know yet. And I won't know until I spend more time sitting and listening. And maybe what God is saying is yes, Lauren, it is time to get a dog, (laughs) but maybe what God is saying is you should offer to walk your friend's dogs. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I've got two. So come on up, (laughs) up the hill. We, Lauren and I live, uh, pretty much walking distance. If if you want to go for a 15 minute walk. 
it's a good distance to walk up a steep hill yeah exactly yeah yeah but it's those kinds of things like it's those kinds of like silly things that like can god speak to me through that absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. if i if i listen mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so i think listening um it opens up these possibilities that God is speaking through so many, you know, through our desires, through our interactions with creation, with other people. Um, one of the ways that I, that I experience God is just in the recognition of beautiful things. My wife is really mm. good at this. Alyssa is really mm. good at this. Where she, she has this hashtag that she uses on, instagram of uh that she'll hashtag sunset alert or something i think that's what it is that she does yeah. and she'll take a picture of like any sunset i'll be you know i'll be working and i'll get a text from her saying you gotta go outside there's a sunset and it's like the it it's as if it's the first one that ever happened mm. <laughs> and um mm. i mean she's not like that about everything um, I might be like that when it starts to snow outside mm, mm. and she's like, oh, it's snowing outside. And, <laughs> but sunsets, like she, she loves sunsets and like, just be, again, it's that openness of being open to beauty and that maybe the divine wants to give us a sunset right now. Yeah, <laughs> It's there for everybody. And, mm. um, you know, what else, what else is it in life that, God is, God is blessing us with, and oftentimes mm. we don't listen. We don't have that inner uh, openness mm. to it being an experience of the divine. Yeah, and what I love in that story is that it takes Alyssa for you to receive the goodness of mm-hmm. that sunset. Yeah. It takes it takes you listening to her and listening to her enthusiasm and. Mm-hmm. And then what a gift, what a gift you then get to receive mm-hmm. through it then. Hmm. It, I, this is, this was funny yesterday. Um, I got a text from our mutual friend, Steve Nelson. Hmm. So for those who might not know Steve, Steve, uh, open door guy who Steve's a hunter. Steve loves the outdoors. Um, he's also a nurse. Uh, he's, just an amazing guy um he's a dad but um he sent me a text uh because he wanted to go ice skating Mm. this morning um and i know that means getting up really early uh to go ice skating with steve it wasn't too bad this morning but we got up this morning and went out to this pond that was we were almost cracking through the ice it wasn't quite cold enough but we went ice skating this morning and um he sent like late last night, he had sent a text that said, uh, uh, red, (laughs) how did he say it? He used a common saying like red sky skaters, skaters, red sky at night, skaters, red sky at night, (laughs) ice skaters delight. Yeah. Red sky at night, ice skaters delight. So I like looked out the window and there's this amazingly beautiful, uh, sunset last night. So it was the first time I got it sunset alert text Mm. from from our friend steve nelson who like i don't expect to get that sort of text from steve but it was great 
and that you know steve mm-hmm. and i then look out the window and we're like wow it's beautiful we're sending texts mm-hmm. back and forth to each other about how the <laughs> the sunset looks um mm-hmm. just extraordinarily beautiful um uh, that, mm. that those little things to be in community with people yeah. who send each other text messages men yes <laughs> who send each other text messages saying uh that there's a beautiful sunset uh, uh, i i want to be in that mm. kind of community i am in that kind of community and i feel yeah. blessed yeah um, to be in that kind of community so yeah i think for Maybe that's an example of when you start getting good at it, right? Like mm. those little things. And it's not like I'm, I've got this disciplined practice or Steve has a disciplined practice of looking for sunsets. Mm. But just mm. little, little things here and there that because of people like you teaching us, mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, we have a little bit more openness to beauty. Yeah. Hmm. And that it's not that that undoes or fixes, you know, what is hard in this time. Um, But it is that, like, is it true that we're in a pandemic? Yes. Is it true that the sunset is truly beautiful? Also, yes. Um, And Mm -hmm. to open up and receive that. Um, the next thing I want to ask you, I, uh, I've been one of the maybe areas of struggle that I want to, that I want to get into a little bit personally is listening to those who have something hard to say. I think the Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. movement Mm -hmm. for some of us that started that a few years ago and, and really, it really became a. Um, a uni- more of a universal thing this summer, um, listening, really listening to those who um, are in uh, situations of oppression. Um, do you have any thoughts or, or even like real practices or ways mm-hmm. to listen? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, my tendency is to act, to like have a, come up with my own solution and like go for it and try to solve some problems. And I know now that that's not, that's not the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Action. But first listening and taking a back seat, I think is what we need to do. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts on that? Um, that I agree that it is what, what we're being called into and what, what we need to do and that it, I think that these same practices help help in those spaces as well. You know, I think having a space of interior hospitality to receive hard stories is a good practice. And that means being grounded and safe in yourself, um, noticing what is being stirred up in you is really important noticing because a lot of times like we think we want something uh, let me rephrase something i know in myself is that i think i want to hear hard stories but i often actually want to control how it's shared and mm-hmm. how it is said mm-hmm. and what language it is put in and listening is that's not good listening 
that's mm -hmm. that's controlling somebody else's narrative and mm -hmm. and so noticing noticing when that happens noticing when i get defensive and say oh huh look at that um that touched something in me can i set that aside and i'll do that work later and can i keep listening um so that i can stay um, stay in the place of openness, you know, can I trust that, again, it's not that I'm negating my own story, but I'm not centering my own story either. I'm, I'm aware of it, I'm noticing it, and I'm committing to do my own work with it later mm -hmm. so that I can be present, so mm -hmm. that I can listen well, so that I can start to unlearn what I think I know. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's hard and important to find the spaces to listen. And I don't have good answers for that. Um, you know, like notice your notice what you're taking in. Like, man, listening is hard right now, both because we're isolated and because and because we can be taking in stuff all the time. Yeah. We can be on social media and on the news all the time. And so really being wise about the voices that you're listening to, making sure that that you're finding and listening to the voices that have something to teach you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I have been, I've had, as many of us uh, have had a little more time to listen to podcasts and mm -hmm. things like mm -hmm. that and um, have found some, some good ones. Um in trying to listen to indigenous voices more and uh black voices and there there are I, there has been a an inability to communicate <laughs> uh, mm. you know to to communicate that i that i am listening and i think that's the desire that i have yes this has been really good listening to these voices but um mm. at some point there needs to be a reciprocation so that more more growth can happen but at least, at least yeah. that, that's been a starting place um, and can be a starting place for anybody um yeah we can absolutely listen to podcasts in a deep and contemplative way you yeah, know, yeah. A way that we're open to change mm -hmm. yeah it, there's a lot of, of really good exciting work happening right now around agriculture and um indigenous folks really speaking mm. up um uh it, so it's been it's been wonderful and and people of color uh mm. coming back to it and really taking the lead where people like me uh felt like we needed to take the lead in the past and so it's a kind of a learning how to step mm. back and and learn again um around permaculture and some of the things that i work on so it's been a, a really mm. good way to to do some listening and relearning and retooling our language around um, sustainability and uh, and permaculture has been good. Maybe what are we'll some get podcasts you'd recommend? Uh, yeah, let, there's there is well, well, this isn't even a podcast, but there's a uh, an Instagram feed called so it's called Country Gentleman Cooks, which is a mm. strange handle for for what what he does now but he's actually a black botanist hmm. who um in his uh teaching about plants he 
he always connects plants to like ethnobotany and um, mm -hmm. issues of justice and issues of uh, just where where plants have come from and how they how they how what we eat and how we experience nature is really influenced either by settler settler colonialism or by um, uh, the you know history of of slavery in the United States and really mm -hmm. cool stuff. So that that's mm -hmm. Country Gentleman Cooks on Instagram and then podcast wise around some of that stuff. Um, one that I've really enjoyed is called all my relations it's mm. two uh two indigenous women who who uh do the do this podcast and most recently they've been looking at um issues around the uh mountains in hawaii and uh, mm. there's been a pretty big indigenous um hawaiian resistance to uh the university they're putting massive uh telescopes on one of their holy the the holiest of holy mountains in hawaii and most of us know nothing about this yeah um, but the podcast has done a really good job of like really defining what's going on there and um kind of really getting me up to speed on understanding uh the the potential destruction on this mountain all in the name of science which i don't want that mm -hmm. uh you know i'm pretty pro-science <laughs> mm -hmm. um but there's still this disconnect between uh between indigenous people and even the university there in hawaii so that that one's called all my relations podcast yes. yeah um to finish up i would love if you if you're willing uh to just talk about maybe one or two kind of real nitty gritty practices that you have in your life that maybe other people would benefit from mm. um, or practices that you've seen some of the people who you do spiritual direction with really, really benefit from um, around mm. this idea of listening. Mm -hmm. First, I would say um, find someone to practice with and mm me get a spiritual director <laughs> um take seriously your own story and the need for space for yourself to be heard um helps helps you listen well to others and and so maybe it's finding a spiritual director if you don't have one or maybe it's asking someone to be a conversation partner um but take seriously that you need that space for yourself as much as other people need it um and something that something that one of my directees was doing at one point was every time they reached for the phone, their phone, they would pause and take five deep breaths. And I just, I loved that. And I, mm. I've been trying to practice that. Wow. Um, and, and it's hard and, and good and something I can do all day long. I'm a big fan of like, what are the things, you know, you can build into or incorporate into your daily life. And that, mm -hmm. that to me is a really lovely one. Um, yeah, just what helps you, something that will help you to like slow down and, and be present and listen in each moment. And um, 
Yeah, expect to be surprised. That's not a practice, but know that it's okay. If I have worked with any number of people who have started out with like, I love the idea of healing, of hearing God. I can't imagine what that would be like. I love Mm. that idea, but God has never spoken to me. And then a year later, two years later, look at all the ways, look at all the ways God communicates to me. Um, Mm. And, and then God might go quiet again. You know, you might be in a season of hearing a lot and then God might go quiet again. And so what do I mean by that? I mean, let yourself be where you are in your listening to God practice and let yourself be in the place of, of curiosity if that's where you are and excitement and fat- or fatigue or anger or frustration and, and notice what, what in trying to listen to God comes up in you that you might need to communicate back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I got. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's very good. So as a spiritual director, are you, well, two questions before we finish up. Do you, um, are you good seeing people like, uh, as directees who, who, you know, well, cause I know a lot of people who will listen, uh, know us both. <laughs> yeah, I no, I'm not. Um I I have in the past and um probably will again in the future seen people from within our community, but I think it's certainly not anyone I'm close to. Mm-hmm. Um and I would say if you if you want a spiritual director, um especially right now, now is actually a good time because you can meet with people all over the world. Yeah. You know, Zoom isn't ideal for spiritual direction, but it gives you it does give you a much wider field of of potential matches. Um, so SDI has a seek and find guide. You are, if, if you know me and you're listening, you're, or well, even if you don't, you're welcome to go to my website. <laughs> Lauren yeah, what's your website? It's laurenverdette.com. And, um, you can, you can contact me through that and I will help you. I will help you find a spiritual director and help you find resources. I'm not awesome. taking new people right now, but I, I love helping people find people. So that's awesome. I think that's probably how yeah. I found found my spiritual director, at least <laughs> at least part partially. Um, great. So go to your website and can you get your book on your website too? Um, yeah, you can. What's you it can. called again? It's called This Life That Is Ours: Motherhood as Spiritual Practice, and that is about listening for God within, specifically within motherhood and within life with kids. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah, I recommend it for any mom and any mom you know. <laughs> yeah, that's great. There are lots of moms out there, I'm sure, that would be blessed by that book. Yeah. Um, well, Lauren, thank you so much. This has been really, really good. I hope that um, our conversation kind of inspires people to take a deep breath and, and find some practices right now mm-hmm. um, in their own life to to quiet their heart, listen for God, listen to themselves and what they need and listen to others too. So yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Mm, You're welcome. Thanks for this. It's a really very life-giving conversation. Good, good. We'll have to do it again because there's a lot more that we could talk about. So I like that. Cool. Cool, cool. Thanks for listening in today to the Open Doors podcast. Remember to check us out um, via Zoom. You can find the information on our website, pghopendoor.net. 
We'd love to have you join us for our worship gathering that right now is on Zoom. And um, we're going to be doing these extra podcasts, these uh, weekly interviews um, throughout Lent. So stay tuned and we will see you hopefully in the near future. Hang in there, everybody.